person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue yeah hello i'm jasmine and I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue, a podcast where the beauty of it is we're apart together. Beautiful. <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll look at chemistry between the leads, the use of tropes, and of course, the, the shenanigans. shenanigans! Yay! <laughs> this week, we'll be looking at our first contemporary movie... And that is Always Be My Maybe. Yay. Oh, so the, the name plays with the iconic Mariah Carey song, Always Be My Baby, which we love. Love. So Always Be My Maybe was released exclusively to Netflix in 2019. But if you're like us, you probably watched it during lockdown. <laughs> and at the rate that we were consuming media at the time was astronomical um so here's a quick synopsis if you need it celebrity chef sasha returns to san francisco to open a fancy new restaurant she reunites with her former best friend and one-time fling marcus when he and his dad come to install ac in her new rental home as they reconnect they realize that their lives have gone in completely different directions but they still care about each other shenanigans ensue <laughs> yes they do absolutely <laughs> so jazz you and i actually watched this movie together in lockdown we did we did yeah back in 2020 so I guess it was, we watched it together 2020, and then we watched it again, geez, two years later for this. Oh goodness, has it been two years? Basically. Let's not touch that rabbit hole. I, time warp, time warp, time warp. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not give myself an existential crisis right now. Um, I find that I enjoyed the movie more on the rewatch. How about you? Same. It was actually funny. I rarely rewatch movies that are not already in my like top 10 favorites. Yes. But this one honestly was better the second time around. And I think a big part of that was the second time around, I already knew that like, sure, it's maybe not my favorite plot in the entire world, but I was mm -hmm. able to really enjoy the writing. The writing in this movie is excellent. It's so funny. And the value for joke per minute that you get is incredible seriously i think i really enjoyed um like finding those little jokes in between everything like i don't know about you but my notes are filled with some of my favorite one-liners and from the silliest scenes yeah you know honestly i think a large part of that has to do with ali wong and michelle bateau being incredible stand-up comedians yes like the jokes per minute that you're talking about is definitely something that's written about for people who do stand up. Like you have to be shoving as many as you can in. Mm -hmm. I think it's like every 30 seconds you want a joke. Oh, wow. And they really do that in this film. They really do. And for all the characters, not just the main characters and the supporting um, characters, but like, I feel like even some of Marcus's friends have some of my favorite lines in the movie. Seriously? There's so many good little one-off lines, even from, like, tertiary characters. <laughs> um, so, shall we rattle off a couple of tropes that we find in the movie? Let's hit those tropes. Okay, so we have friends to lovers, coming from different worlds, both dating other people, public declaration of love, and the death of a parent. I don't know why I put that one last on the list. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, it happens right at the beginning, which does lead us, or no, was it, it happens at the beginning, but that's like just after we get that beautiful like growing up montage, is that right? Yes, it's at around the 20 minute mark, mm. which in screenwriting is right when you want a big change to happen. Ah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, don't quote me on this. I love that. From what I can remember from the little bit of screenwriting that I've done, which is not a lot. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Marcus's mother, Judy, she 
passes early on in the movie. She was a real support to Ali Wong's character, Sasha, who has an interest in cooking and she was a latchkey kid and she would go over to their home and Judy would teach her how to cook. Like she really helped nurture that love for cooking that she already had. Yeah, you can see it with her at the very beginning. Just even the introduction of them as friends. Young Marcus comes over to Sasha's house and asks if she wants some soup and makes up all these excuses about soup being really stinky and not wanting to have to bring it in a thermos the next day and have kids make fun of him. (laughs) And so, like, it's really, really cute. The whole thing is under the guise of, like, doing him a favor, but, like, he knows that she's sitting on the couch eating a TV dinner or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that was so sweet. And um, I also appreciated how they show early on Sasha's love for cooking how she does, I think it was spam and rice and like lays it out all professionally. But then they show that she's a kid and she like puts a little cocktail umbrella on the little rice. I just thought that was a really nice detail. That is so cute. And then of course we have at the end where Sasha's big romantic gesture to Marcus is... Uh, opening a restaurant honoring his mother i thought that was really beautiful yeah it really is a full journey in the story it's so funny i wonder why it hits all of the marks maybe it's just so classic that i don't know that the plot necessarily stands out but yeah like everything about it is really expertly executed though yes um, i understand what you're saying like sometimes the trope of death of a parent feels very incidental to the plot like it's just as a device but mm-hmm. judy feels like a full person even though we don't have that much time with her on screen but it just feels like as you said so little time with her yeah it comes full circle and you really do feel the impact of her loss yes exactly and uh, her story continues through like you have uh why marcus in a large part feels like he must stay at home um, you have the dad moving on, you know, how it's affected the family, how it's affected Sasha, and kind of also why, not exactly why, but the circumstances surrounding the death of Judy mm. support the break in their friendship. It really does. But yeah, I think it's a well-executed trope. Um, so we're going to go into spoilers, I guess, at this point, but basically, you know, it, since we're on Long the subject spoilers. of- spoilers! spoilers are long gone it's late well you know the death happens at the very beginning so i feel like that doesn't necessarily count i don't know that's just me i mentioned some stuff that happens at the end as well oh yeah (laughs) so never mind spoiler has been done i don't know why you're here um just kidding so speaking of the their friendship kind of drifting apart it's interesting because ultimately you know maybe making the first move on this guy you've had a crush on all this time like is best left for not the day of her wake so much secondhand embarrassment like i actually feel warm just yeah ultimately it's like they both it was something they both wanted to happen Mm -hmm. and so this was a moment that spurred it into action but who the timing could have been better <sighs> just a, a little little better just a, a touch better maybe yeah it's <laughs> a, it's an unfortunate bit of timing i feel like had the timing not been so abysmal none of this movie would have happened they would have just been together yeah and then the plot wouldn't have happened so you know we we, we go with it exactly and i love that this is established at the beginning and i would i almost want to watch it again so that i can see if there's more but you know sasha has a real thing for awkwardness in cars Ooh, does she ever I think cars for both of them generally is just a thing. Yeah. The awkwardness of their first time in that car, how terrible the space is. Also, can we just give a quick shout out to realistic car sex? How funny that was. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not great for people. This is a tight space. Um, <laughs> and it's addressed. And it is in a very and good way. And it's an 18 year old boy's that we also oh my gosh so she asks why it smells like parmesan and he says because it's parmesan in the glove box and i was just like that's truly disgusting and also very accurate he's driving around with a piece of parmesan in their car with warm parmesan in his car jane oh that 
that cannot be good. No. Um. Anyway, back to the car thing. <laughs> After the amazing Keanu Reeves sequence, which we will talk about in great detail, and he calls them a Uber pool. Oh, They're <laughs> which also excellent reveal. <laughs> the two of them make out in the car. They start making out in the car again, and it's messy again because. Marcus is wearing, well, not wearing, but Marcus still has like Jenny's lipstick on him. They both are drunk. It's oh, been from a the weird truth and night. dare. Yes, yes, yes. So cars is a thing for them. Oh yeah, and like they establish that her relationship at the beginning of the movie to her publicist, basically, mm-hmm. that their relationship is terrible because of additional awkwardness in the car. Exactly, they don't talk to each other in the car at all. They're not even like sitting close to each other in the car there's no chemistry in the car nope so it's a lot of car things things happening in cars conversations happening in cars awkwardness in cars her reminiscing over the sex they had in the back of the car while they're in the front seat of the car (laughs) 15 years later (laughs) can we also just talk about like how he calls her out for it and that kind of makes it even more awkward it's a beautiful thing she looks into the back seat no i know exactly what you're doing you're looking back there because we had sex in the back seat of this car no it wasn't the same car (laughs) same car from when it happened too he still has this old junker goodness and is it ever oh yeah what trope are we even talking about now i'm completely lost i don't know we're just enjoying this damn movie I th- I think I'll save it. I think we're talking about the friends to lovers. Oh, okay. There we go. Because we were talking about the car. The first time it was in a car. And Sasha chose this time. I brought it back. I brought it back. Car, car, car. And it was all for friends to lovers. Okay. So we have now, uh, you know, the different worlds, which is so interesting that she's had quite a successful stint as a celebrity chef at this point. Or a- yeah, celebrity chef. Yeah, is- right. And he stayed home. And it works for his father's, like, heating and cooling company. And is still in the same band he was in high school. And still in his high school bedroom. Yeah. So completely different worlds. Yeah, which is always interesting, the friction. One always wonders um, when you're watching these movies, would this work in real life? Right. Because we're actually coming off another movie where it was different worlds as a trope. Um, Pretty Woman, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Um, and we worked out, but maybe that wasn't just the different worlds thing. I think there were a lot of other issues and we were like, this relationship can't last. Now that you've brought that up, I feel like maybe that's because it's, maybe it's less different worlds and more diverging paths. Yeah. Because they have the same start. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's almost as if they experience the death of the same parent. Yeah. And they deal with it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I do love the banter as they get to kind of re-meet each other. Yes, I wrote the re-meet cute, which was a good one. Oh, re-meet cute. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a good one that Veronica, uh, Sasha and Marcus's friend from high school, uh, but who works with Sasha, um, but she sets it up that Marcus will be the one installing the ac unit in sasha's rental home and neither of them were expecting that so right do we believe her when she says that definitely not right that she thought it would just be the dad you heard later she's like it's your six month bachelorette party (laughs) bachelorette with marcus (laughs) she for sure she for sure knew that he was going to be there love it i guess like even more so like this different world stuff i do kind of love and understand the idea that, you know, she had such a tense and strained relationship with her parents. And so obviously the natural choice is for her to run as far away mm-hmm. from that town and not want to look back. To have, you know, her place in New York that she's opening, to have the place in LA that she opened, to be anywhere but San Francisco where she grew up. Whereas I love the familial relationship that Randall has with Mm. his whole family like his relationship with his mother was obviously very very strong and he continues to have like a beautiful relationship with his dad he like still lives with his dad he's still in the same room his dad catches him having a solo (laughs) dance party in front of the mirror and then joins him it was so sweet it really is it's probably one of my favorite father-son moments in a movie ever yeah I do like that the relationship is one that 
shows they love each other you know and they get along really really love each other there's so many where like things fall apart if the mom's not around and they kind of show you know that the dad doesn't know where the coffee filters are Mm. but like the basis of everything is tremendous in real love yeah they figure it out they're doing okay yeah they're doing great yeah when you were talking about ali just now and how she's you know like getting away from her parents and i was thinking oh that's so interesting because uh her parents were working all the time when she was growing up and now she is super career driven and that is the main focus of her life uh, which is the same as her parents it is that's so interesting Mm, so it's so interesting that like she's trying to get away from that but ends up doing what they did as well but also i find it interesting right that her experience of love as a child was marcus's mother cooking for her Mm. so she ends up pursuing that yeah that's also really beautiful um and then we go on to both of them dating other people and both of their other people are terrible matches Mm -hmm. which is usually how the trope goes um but there are other twists to it in that the person that Sasha's dating is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Which is just like, what a good sport. What a good sport Keanu Reeves was. He wasn't coming in playing some guy named Steve. Nope. He's playing a caricature of himself. Which I love because <laughs> it's such a good caricature. It's like him, if he was actually one of those self centered awful celebrities not like the keanu we all know that rides the new york city subway and stuff like <laughs> this is a different version of this guy it's like legitimately his alter ego legitimately him if he was an unbearable <laughs> narcissist um i'm obsessed <laughs> and then we have uh, jenny played by vivian bang i low-key love jenny me too <laughs> I'm, like, rooting for her and Keanu. Right? And honestly, like, if it weren't for the fact, I think Randall ultimately does want a life that's different from what he kind of put himself into. But, like, in regards to a guy who is the front man for a Beastie Boys ripoff band, (laughs) like, she is the perfect girlfriend for him. Yes. And she's so supportive. Seriously. She was so excited for him after the gig. She's there for her man. She is. And she's like like weird kind of hippie energy, which is good for like artist types and like mm-hmm. they're actually good with people. Right? They're a good couple. She's just like I think he doesn't actually want that to be his life yes. i think he's probably still hoping for something more and so he hasn't let go of that mm-hmm. but yes you're right on paper good match she is ultimately an excellent person <laughs> i would not want to go to her house for dinner but um more than happy to go to a show with her or something yeah i mean um i i have eaten a fair amount of vienna sausages in my life but I'm grown, and I certainly won't be doing that with mushy spaghetti. The thing that sent me was the cocoa powder. Oh no, maca. Maca like maca root. Oh, is it maca? Maca. Oh, oh, oh. I thought it was like maca as in maca powder. No, like the hippie maca. Ah, oh, you see, I'm not hippie enough. <laughs> and I'm just hippie enough. <laughs> <laughs> But that's still really gross. Like, it's a very strong flavor. Yeah, no. Give that a miss. And then we have uh, the public declaration of love. Oh my gosh. And isn't it ever? (gasps) It's so good. The speech that he gives. And she's like, that was the bad one. Yeah. He's like, I didn't didn't rehearse this, so I'm just going to do whatever happens. But it's perfect. It was perfect. It was filled with jokes. (laughs) All of the reporters laughed. Yes. But also everyone wanted to cry at the same time. It was very sweet. He's in a really weird cheap suit. Like, (laughs) although he looked good. I mean, you couldn't tell. I mean, he did look good. um, The public declaration of love, just in terms of a trope, often gives me secondhand embarrassment. Like the thought of something like that happening in real life is just... Ooh. Oh yeah, you but, hate those, but this oh, one's really good. Them. But this one is very sweet, and I appreciate them as a trope in the movies. And this one was done really well because it wasn't like super gushy, gushy. Like there was some sentimental, sweet stuff. You in know it, what? But it was funny. Hmm. Now that you've mentioned it, I feel like 
we talked in the past about how much we love this movie and these characters because they jab at each other all the time. They're constantly poking mm. fun at one another. There's constantly a banter between the two of them. And I love that because it feels like a real life loving relationship it's not like a weird codependent relationship that we see in so many rom-coms where people fall head over heels and there's it's too intense like this is a real love yeah and like i i i feel like seeing that play out in the public declaration of love (laughs) makes it less awkward because it really is from a very sweet and genuine place and it's like showing he is embracing the fact that a lot of her life is so public and that was a reason that they had the rift when they first got together, you know? Right, how it almost didn't work out. Yeah, exactly, because of his friction with the, her life being so public. With that as well, though, the thing that caused the rift between the two of them, I would have liked to have a little bit more of a montage with that to sort of see how it cracks i was literally just thinking Were that. You, yeah because i was like okay it's just one instance can we show them all loved up first and like the first time that he holds the bag it's fine and then the second and you like slowly and you can do that quickly you don't need like a, lo- a long montage to tell the story how it greets him but i was like really my guy one time like we need to see it a little bit more and it would have been interesting to see um, her with the band as well the first time so excited so proud and then it slowly goes down with playing in the same place all the time the same song you know Mm -hmm. i think the the break between them would have felt more deserved if we got to see that yeah i do agree i guess because the timeline is so truncated given that Mm -hmm. she only is there for like the restaurant for a minute and she's got to go open the new one so maybe there just isn't enough opportunities maybe it could have been multiple times in the same party yeah maybe or they could have just been like okay we're putting her there for six months Mm. like i know she has to leave at some point but you can still have the storytelling play out yeah i agree okay that does it for the tropes let's go on to some of the shenanigans shenanigans oh my gosh full of it Yeah, like, I guess if we want to start at the very beginning, the montage of these kids running around San Francisco being crazy and doing whatever they want, which I love. It was such a sweet little shenanigan sequence. (laughs) I think especially, like, coming from South Africa, you wouldn't let little kids go off on their own on public transport. So for me to see that already was just like, ah, shenanigans. Yeah, I mean... Even from when I was a kid, I I don't know how old they were in that first little montage, but, like, I wasn't allowed to run around like that until I was, like, in middle school, like, solidly in middle school. Um, And so they look like maybe they're about that age. But even, even something like that is something that people don't let kids do anymore. So we can figure it out. So... The opening sequence is in 1996, mm-hmm. and then it jumps to 2003, where, so he's 18 in 2003. 18, 15, 40, 15, 12, <laughs> 11. So the first one is 11. Okay. Okay, I was going to say two, because like, so if the very, very first one is 11, ah, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. 11 is still kind of young, but not really. 11's fine. And that's why it was sweet and like, great. Yeah, they know their way around the city. They're like, a kid over 10 can like surely go to the park and like hang out by themselves for a little bit and then come back. It's Friday night. They were totally fine. They stayed together. Yeah, it was a different time. I know nowadays we call that free range children and it makes me gag. I've never heard that expression before and I did not (laughs) like it. (laughs) Like at all. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Oh my gosh, what have I written in here? Okay, so uh, the shenanigan of the expired car condom oh my goodness. was really funny to me. Just that whole thing with the condom. <laughs> One of the, the lines that we know that we both wrote down. So he pulls out a ex- pulls out a condom, which we assume is expired. And she's like, where did you get that? He's like, oh, health class. And she's like, oh, how did you know how to put it on? He's like, well, you know, the woman did it with a banana in class. And she was like, oh, and then you, like, practiced with a banana at home? And he's like, well, I I didn't need need a a banana banana at home. home. And then they move on. Just the deadpan delivery of that (laughs) was so funny. There's so many good quotes in this movie. Another one that I wrote down that I'm obsessed with. What is the character? So Veronica is pregnant, and I'm sure feeling some kind of way about it. 
and they are they're doing a walkthrough of the restaurant and anyway some sort of reason veronica pulls something out of from between her legs i think like a water bottle so she pulls the water bottle out from between her legs and offers it over to sasha and sasha's like the water from your thigh gab no thank you (laughs) and veronica immediately is like well thank you for calling it a gab and i her delivery is excellent yeah it's great just so many funny one twos all over the place one of my favorite things is in the restaurants she's setting up in san francisco where there's just this whole bit about gooby chairs oh the gooby chairs gooby chair this gooby chair that it's like gooby 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 and it got to the point where i had to like actually google what a gooby chair is oh yeah for everyone listening we both immediately googled it while watching (laughs) we need to solve this problem i needed to know and the answer to the question is it is a chair that doesn't have a hole where your butt and lumbar is it is a chair that cups your derriere cushions it. in its entirety. And you know what? We will post a picture on Instagram stories yeah, yeah. so that we don't need to continue trying to describe something you could look at. To describe the damn chair. <laughs> Long story short, it's a crumb trap. I don't know why you would put it in a restaurant. It's to show you fancy, Jasmine. It's to show you have resources. And a very good vacuum, apparently. And time. Lots of time. Oh, I hate it. That's just busy work for restaurant workers, and that's rude. Speaking of rude, Marcus is really rude to industry workers, and it pisses me off. He really was. I forgot about that. You were so mad about that. He's rude to everybody. I was so mad about it. He, like, is rude to the maitre d' at Sasha's restaurant. He's really rude when he goes and buys a suit to the staff there. The Tom Ford. Yes, the Tom Ford. He's rude to the wait staff at the crazy restaurant that Keanu Reeves takes him to. He's rude <laughs> to the waiters going around at Sasha's. Uh, what was it? Was that like a the benefit party? thing? Party oh my something? Gosh. It really did piss me off. <laughs> he really did not want to eat any of those fancy hors d'oeuvres. He was not into any of and that. That's fine. That's fine that is your decision but you don't need to be rude to the person trying to offer it to you You can listen you're more forgiving than me i feel like it's not fine your girlfriend is a fancy chef you can't not eat that yeah but it's it's fine not to eat it nah you gotta gotta try it like she didn't make it you should try it's fine whatever he could do to you know expand his palate this is going to cause long-term friction in their relationship (laughs) that he wouldn't eat like a canapé at a party that she went to if you can't eat a canapé you can't date the chef (laughs) hey hey i I had no way to pigeonhole that into some sort of uh, an all-knowing rhyme but just trust me that that no i loved it it was beautiful <laughs> thank you <laughs> i i appreciated it um, <laughs> whatever there's no need to be mean to the wait staff okay so since we're talking about her being a chef i just want to briefly um shout about the fact that when she goes home to make herself dinner chefs don't cook <gasps> like that for themselves oh, they, I, they barely cook like that for their family no. like Barely. No, no, no. They won't do that for even family, let alone themselves eating a solo meal in a rental house. I mean, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No. It was... No. She, like, comes home and makes an elaborate, like, soup. But, like... Which, absolutely The trimmings not. and the what-what. Anyone who has known a chef... Like, the chefs I know... They want a peanut butter sandwich. Like, that's what they want when they're cooking for themselves. Yeah, chefs who just spent an entire day working in the restaurant and putting together everything and making sure it's ready for opening. That chef goes home and warms up a Hot Pocket and maybe pairs it by opening up a bottle of Riesling. Yeah, because she chose the ham and cheese and so she's pairing the Riesling with the pork in the ham and cheese Hot Pocket. Like, that's what a chef is going to do. Yeah, that was crazy. She's, I'm not making an elaborate soup. There's no way that's happening, especially for yourself on your own. Yeah, so we just wanted to make sure. I mean, chefs, maybe we're wrong. No, we're not. Let us know. If what you like is to eat well, you can't marry a chef. Like, that's like a joke. (laughs) 
Anyway, that 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 really sent us down a bit of a spiral. We have strong feelings about things. We will <laughs> suspend our disbelief for a lot of stuff, but then there are some little things that just like get to us. Another one, for example, things that I couldn't suspend disbelief on. I am half Asian. I cook with a lot of oyster sauce. I tell everybody <laughs> substitute oyster sauce for fish sauce in everything. Obsessed with oyster sauce. And when she's in the fridge crying after her breakup at the very beginning, a guy walks in and asks, hey, can you pass me the oyster sauce? And she passes him a tub of something orange. <laughs> that looks like some sort of uh, sriracha aioli. <laughs> that is not And it's like, sauce. come on, guys. We know you consulted chefs for this movie. You had to. Like, come on, props department. And I know... It is ultimately inconsequential, but I know oyster sauce doesn't look like that. Maybe, what is it? She cooks Vietnamese food. Maybe perhaps it's a different version in other places. I just insist that that was an oyster sauce and it irritated me. You were irate. (laughs) It was. I typed it into the chat when we were watching. (laughs) I was busy writing a note, so I missed that. And I looked up to the chat and Jasmine's like full in caps. All caps. That's not oyster sauce. (laughs) Very mad. It's my single favorite sauce for cooking. It is the umami that you've always wanted. And so I felt personally attacked. How dare they not give it the representation it needs. Thank you. You get it. I get it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so one of my favorite shenanigans in this movie was the scene in the ridiculous restaurant that they went to. Oh my gosh. They must have had so much fun writing that scene. Is it Keanu time? Oh, best believe. I cannot believe Keanu Reeves agreed to do this awesome thing. <laughs> um, if you don't like Keanu Reeves, I suggest you skip the next five minutes ahead. If you don't like be... Keanu Reeves, I suggest you fix your mindset. <laughs> Who doesn't like Keanu? I don't know. I don't know. There's people. I don't know. Not. Nah. That is a national treasure. International treasure. We claiming him too. <laughs> okay, yes. Keanu's for everyone. <laughs> First of all, the fake glasses. For a role. Classic. <laughs> for a role. <laughs> Maybe I am too nice because I was like, okay, you know, fine. You want to get used to it and whatever. But you don't wear it out to dinner. I even was more accepting of him wearing it out to dinner because maybe he wants to see what it feels like in real life. But then why would you wear it at home when you're hanging (laughs) out and playing drinking games? And they don't have like, because you can get fake glasses that have some sort of lens in them. So they don't even have a lens. Right, right. They're just non-prescription. Oh, gosh. It's like, so you're wearing a frame. You're not wearing you're wearing a frame. You're not wearing glasses. So bad. It's so bad. Everything about that cameo is incredible, by the way. Even him playing an over-the-top actor. Yes. Asking the waiter if they have any dishes that play with the concept of time. And they do. <laughs> and then the waiter says yes. And they do. They do. And that to me what was what was really funny. That part of the scene was wild everyone's okay so for context the courses are wild yeah the courses are wild the dish that plays with the concept of time is you eating uh venison but you have headphones on and you're listening to it you were just listening to the sound of the actual deer you're eating of a little deer in the woods like and everyone is having their experience of that course and they go around the table and you get to see everyone's reactions. And that was also just beautiful. Which was great. Keanu is not <laughs> handling it great. But then he goes on and eats it after he's had his whole like breakdown. He's like, all right, back to my food. Well, I, I like that. I like the appreciation for whence it came. Whereas like <laughs> Jenny was just not, I don't think she ate any more of it. I think she had one bite and she couldn't do it. And Sasha just didn't care, which is probably the closest to me. It was probably where I was like, yeah, young. You're just like, I'm just going for it. I said, I'm probably closest to Marcus' reaction, which is just like stirring up the food. I would be too traumatized to eat it. Oh my gosh. What were some of the other dishes? Do you remember? There was the... The monochromatic black horse. Yes, the black horse, which just looks like goop. <laughs> it's just goop. The sugar 
the lavender sugar bubbles blown by whoever it was that i don't know that actually sounds delightful like lavender sugar bubbles yes please i know but what a mess i know it's such a weird clean up on the table as well how he's so many funny weird things i mean that's kind of the experience of a multi course tasting like a really bizarre just ramped up i've done one of those gastrological yeah i did i've done one in my life where they like like beads of Mm -hmm. whatever that taste like seaweed but they're in pearl form like that kind of a thing it's not better than a regular (laughs) tasting menu you're better off just going to a regular tasting menu it's a bit gimmicky it's a lot of yeah shenanigans (laughs) but that's the point like theater uh dinner theater or something yeah you're experiencing things and they but they serve it to you in a form that is not traditional by use of chemical interactions Mm. and so it's always this weird Uh. sensory experience um where you can taste one thing but it's in the form of something else it's like that deconstructed but like on steroids confuse me it is really confusing confuse my senses too much to enjoy it and to be perfectly honest me and my family are not the most we don't have the hardiest of digestive tracts and if you are like me and my family it may not be for you we did not handle that meal well oh no yeah apparently like a lot of those gastric and tronomy uh sciencey things that are required and all of the mm-hmm. different chemicals that are involved are a little hard on the digestive tract so then that's out for me as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> give- really fun just be prepared <laughs> so well carrying on with the thread of Keanu Reeves's cameo. And then we have the shenanigans of that icebreaker game, which was... What a game. Absolute bonkers. That game is insane. I don't... No, 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 no. Where did they get the questions? Were they writing the questions? Did he pull the questions online? I don't know. It seems like there was a hat involved. And so you like drew pieces of paper. So maybe they did write the questions down. This game might be fun to play with other people it would be fun with a lot more people and also like yeah that makes me wonder i mean whoever wrote if you had to kill two people (laughs) in this group of four whoever wrote that is a psychopath and then jenny said marcus i mean listen her reasoning was sound it was solid (laughs) it was so good it was not what i was expecting and then her reasoning being to the effect of well, Sasha and Keanu's cultural impact is too great. And so I wouldn't do that to the world is actually like a very perfect hippie answer. Good for like you, Jenny. Well-reasoned, well-supported. If I was marking her college essay on why she would kill Marcus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she, she'd get the marks for that. Poor Marcus. Everyone would just <laughs> kill Marcus, though. <laughs> For different reasons. I feel like Jenny's was the best. Sasha needed to speak up, though, because, like, everyone was gunning for Marcus. And Sasha obviously would have picked Jenny. Yes. But, like, she didn't say anything. Oh, you're right. We didn't see her response to that question. She just let it float. And then a fight happens. Like, it. so ultimately, the fight is Sasha's fault, in my opinion. <laughs> so the escalation of that was... I mean, they were obviously drunk as well, but... The escalation was just insane. Yeah. When Marcus was like, okay, Keanu, like, smash that vase on your head. Yeah, but I've never been drunk enough to say, that vase, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) And I am a huge fan of the subsequent song that is written about this moment. Oh, my word. I took the liberty of pulling up the lyrics for this moment because yes you did yes you okay did. so at the end of it during the credits which is the first time i've ever been so delighted to watch credits was so that i could listen to the lyrics and we didn't watch the credits the first time we we watched this movie i think we were just like okay movie's done bye we didn't yeah <laughs> i don't remember this part because i feel like i would have we didn't we would have remembered it we would have spoken about it um but go ahead jasmine hit us so good his band writes a song um i punched keanu reeves <laughs> and so the lyrics are best believe i punched keanu reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed i'm telling you for real i punched neo he could duck bullets but he couldn't duck me oh 
Like, are you kidding me? Mio. The other lyric being, I hit John Wick and now I'm feeling so appealing. Basically, I'm God. You could call me Hercules. I'm dead. I am dead. This whole song, you didn't have <laughs> a chance. it's a banger as well. It's like, a banger. It's, oh, it's great. So everyone do yourself a favor and look up Hello Peril and listen to I Punch Keanu Reeves. It's so good. And it just shows again what a good sport Keanu Reeves is. Like, not only is he doing this cameo of himself but he's also having a whole comedy song written about him and it's destroying i bet if someone asked keanu he would also say that it's a banger and is it ever it's really so good everybody go listen to it it's my new hype song i think so great the comedy songs in general in the movie are really good um i don't know oh my gosh the tennis ball song yes the tennis ball song is so much fun i don't think we've really had a appreciation for the the songs um in our first watch of the movie and i don't know if it's because i've just finished a watch of crazy ex-girlfriend that i'm like really tuned into comedy songs at the moment Oh, I was, like, really appreciating the songs in the movie. Really, really good. And, like, even the song, so he's, like, on stage, he's like, hey, everybody, who likes tennis? And everyone's silent. It's like, okay. um." Yes, that was so great. No, I wrote that line down. Just hang on. (laughs) Oh, so he says, speaking of serving, who likes tennis? And just, like, dead silence. Yes. Yes. And to have him write an entire song, like it's a song about getting knocked the fuck down and somehow getting your life together anyway. You bounce back. Yeah. I bounce back. Yes. And what's so great about it is like it's kind of poignant, but comes up from Puyo shenanigans. We're back at a shenanigan because (laughs) one of the band members, uh, they tried to like get up their sales on merch and he just like prints the band's name on a whole bunch of tennis balls and marcus is like what does tennis have to do with the band i forgot that i missed that part he's like well now i'm gonna write a song about tennis balls and he wrote a real good song about (laughs) tennis balls it's a great song about tennis balls he made it relevant all right i was just looking at my notes again and back to them with cars the, there's the musical cue of the song that played just before they started having sex in the 2003 sequence. Mm-hmm. And when the car pulls up and it's the same car back in 2019, that musical cue plays again. And oh, it's just great. I didn't notice that. I love that. There's so many cute little things. Like they're... Yes. Their banter together is adorable. Uh, the the onesie banter back and forth, that was like a solid minute of onesie jokes. And it was great. I loved the onesie jokes. They're very good onesie jokes. Everything is so fun. Even something as silly as like, maybe I, this is a me joke, but when she breaks up with the really shitty boyfriend at the beginning mm-hmm. and he breaks it off during her wedding planning with the flowers. Yes. I... Uh, Nothing screams, I am a total raging asshole and a terrible person to me than a guy in a light tan Adidas tracksuit set. <laughs> that is probably a you thing because I did not notice what he was wearing at all. I mean, I want to know who put him in the tracksuit because that's the person that needs to be my friend. Maybe it was wardrobe and wardrobe and I would... <laughs> vibe maybe it was ali and then i just reaffirms my suspicion that ali and i would be best friends but i love whoever insisted on the light tan tracksuit because a black adidas tracksuit is a statement also i'm not Mm -hmm. a huge fan but that's a different thing a light tan adidas matching tracksuit set that I just feel it. You feel it, right? Like, that's a bad guy. I don't know. This no? is not... That's just me. I've never heard of this. I've never noticed okay. it. It's just me. It's fine. It's just you and possibly Ali Wong. So you in good company. For me, it's like, it's the same as like people who wear like the tap out shirts. I'm like, that says a very specific thing about you. That means we can't be friends. Oh, <laughs> um, uh i think this might be my last shenanigan but i like how they build with the awkwardness of their physical intimacy Ugh, yeah. when they first see each other they just like both kind of standing there they're not doing anything and then i think it's at <laughs> is it her cousin's kid's birthday some kid's birthday yeah um, i think it's a cousin 
yeah, that they have like the most awkward hug ever. So bad. So bad. And like they slowly throughout the movie, they play with the fact that they've been out of touch for so many years in terms of building their physical intimacy. And then they skip a good hug and they go right into making out in the car. Yes. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) (laughs) It just shows like how fun and messy this movie is in terms of like handling their relationship. Listen, you get stuck in your head. It's like we're not doing the beautiful movie thing. Yeah, skip all of that stuff in the middle. Just Get out of your head. Go, go in for it. That's what I learned. And deal with the consequences after. Yeah. So I have one more shenanigan. Hit me. My final shenanigan is that, okay, so I am half Asian. And so I would be remiss in not mentioning the part towards the end. Sasha's parents prove their love <laughs> and how sorry they are for not being present in her youth. By paying full price in her restaurant. This was so sweet. I don't know why it's such a thing, but my mother is the Asian side. And growing up, we did go to a lot of restaurants um, and eat out fairly often. But we didn't eat out ever unless she had a coupon. I think the only time we ever ate out (laughs) without a coupon was like dim sum. That was the one, one thing that got a pass was like dim sum... After church is... Dim sum I will pay full price we for. We pay full price. But everything else, we would try new places all the time, always with a damn coupon. So the fact that her parents went to her restaurant, and as they say, didn't even say that they were her parents. They paid full <laughs> price and extra for the shrimp. That's love, folks. And they had so many photographs they could have shown, but they left them at home. Mm -hmm. That's real remorse from Asian parents. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know why that's such a thing. But also in terms of like how they handle families just in this movie, we've spoken quite a bit about Marcus and his family, but I like that they show her parents like wanting to show up for her now and wanting to reconcile and make amends and you know at the end of the movie she takes them as her dates to get this award and it's not just like eh, my parents are terrible and blah 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 blah. that's the whole character arc of having shitty parents you know no yeah and i think it's the acknowledgement mm-hmm. she obviously like they lived in a nice house they were in actual houses right and they're in san francisco which isn't cheap yeah so like ultimately she wasn't hard off but her parents didn't give her what she needed all right, so then that leads us to fun fab fail. Ready? So my verdict, I'm gonna give this a big old fun. Me too. I also ended up on fun. Yeah, it was worth a rewatch and it was better the second time. Yes, definitely better the second time. I still don't think it's gonna be like one of my go-to rom-com movies if I'm having a bad day. No, but it is a lesson in excellent writing. Yes, Definitely. This is a master class in comedy writing. And like so much heart and it's sweet and it's fun to watch. And now, the moment we've been waiting for. Alright. Oh my gosh. Give me that cheese, please. please. Give me the cheese. <laughs> okay, so now we have reached the segment where Jane and I are going to compare this movie to a cheese and explain why. One. Two, three. three. Pecorino. Ooh. Mm. I like it. I like yours too. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. I see you, I see you. I do, I do. I think extinctionally they both work. I already feel it. Yeah, we'll explain why, but like, I get it immediately. Okay, okay. Okay, cool. So I chose feta because... Feta is a very underrated cheese. Mm -hmm. So, you know, feta is an easily overlooked cheese, but really, it's so good. I love feta. I love feta, but it's easily forgotten. It just elevates dishes. It does. And you don't need to do anything to it. Yes. The other thing about feta is much like the writing in the movie we just watched, feta can be kind of tangy, Mm -hmm. but it's also very refreshing. Uh And so, you know, I wanted to choose this underrated, but like very excellent cheese to describe this movie. That's fantastic. (laughs) I support your feta. Right. And feta in general. Okay, Pecorino. Here's why. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like I can't talk about pecorino without talking about parmesan. And I feel like pecorino is often overlooked in favor of parmesan. Yes. Right? People are more likely to reach for a parmesan than a pecorino. So same with feta. It's a cheese that I feel like is a little overlooked. It's a bit saltier than parmesan and this movie is yeah, a little it's salty. on the saltier side. Yes. <laughs> Analogies both really like the same. align the same, yeah, <laughs> similar. But it is a cheese that is uh, a favorite with many chefs, and yes. I felt like because Sasha's a chef, I wanted like a, a chefy cheese. It's a very versatile cheese, and girl, you, what? I'm just really excited about this analogy. Oh, you just <laughs> no, the way you said girl, you were like, I've got something to say about pecorino. Just girl, yes. <laughs> okay. It's a very versatile cheese and you can grate it into many things. Um, the way like this movie just, excuse me, but like grates jokes all over the place. The movie is peppered with jokes. It really is. Yeah. It's not aged for very long. Pecorino is usually aged for three months to a year. The same way like this movie. It's a very young movie. Like a young cheese of pecorino. So that's why. Obsessed. I love that these are very similar. Yes. We had very similar feelings. We just got to different cheeses. (laughs) Different cheeses, same reasons. (laughs) Which shows that the identity of this movie is really well done. Because we could both explain it through the imagery of cheese. I am upset. I I look forward to the day where we pick the same cheese. I know. That would be so funny. Okay, well, I'm obsessed <laughs> with our underrated yet salty and tangy cheeses. Um, but you can let us know uh, who you agree with. This might be a tough one. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Or what would be really interesting if you can find another cheese. Ooh, one that's even better. <laughs> obsessed. This was so fun. That was my favorite one so far, I think. I think yes. so, too. I think we both got to the same place and it was so delightful. Yes. Well, there you have it. That was our discussion uh, of Always Be My Maybe. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. And reminder, always let us know if there's any shenanigans you think we missed and to tell us your cheese. Yes, and you can find us on Instagram at Pod. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope you'll listen next time. And until then, bounce bounce back like like a a tennis tennis ball. ball. Bounce Bounce back. back. Like Like a basketball, basketball, bounce back. Like Like a soccer ball, or really any kind of ball except a football. Bye! Bye. (laughs) I keep wanting to say rugby ball. Same thing. It's cultural. If they did a world tour everywhere else, it would be a rugby ball. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Then they'd adjust it for.